Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Alcina Lloyd, and this is The Daily Download. Today, HousingWire's HW Plus managing editor, Brenna Nath, discusses if the U.S. housing market is already beginning to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic's impact. I'll also cover the Mortgage Bankers Association's weekly application survey, an announcement from Zillow that has resumed and expanded its iBuying services, and house price gains in Massachusetts' housing market. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Extraordinary challenges demand extraordinary solutions. CoreLogic is uniquely positioned to help you navigate this historic disruption. Whether it's virtual home showings, flexible employment verifications, or automated loan modification engines, CoreLogic delivers the data-driven solutions, targeted insights, and deep domain expertise trusted by the nation's most successful mortgage lenders. Explore how CoreLogic can help you today. Visit corelogic.com forward slash COVID-19. Thanks for listening, and here's Brennan Ath on whether or not the U.S. housing market is already beginning to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic's impact. To kick off today's daily download episode, I'm excited to jump into the continued coverage from HousingWire's columnist Logan Matashami on the five indicators that will show when the housing market is rebounding from COVID-19. Let's start with what those five indicators are and then explain where they stand now. So the first one, and in fact a prerequisite event that will indicate that the economy will come out of this tunnel, is the turning of the number of new cases of infections from positive to flat or negative. The second, and also a prerequisite indicator that the economy will be getting back on track, is the lifting of stay-home orders. Next, it's the 10-year yield going above 1%. Fourth is when credit stress and jobless claims start to fall. You can believe we're on the road to recovery. And fifth is when data from the hardest-hit sectors start to trend upward. In his latest update, Logan explains that for the first indicator, the flattened curve, it's close, but stay vigilant. He adds that he doesn't feel confident in saying the spread of this disease is behind us, so he can't give this indicator an all-clear just yet. For the second indicator, the end of stay-at-home orders and the reopening of commercial businesses, we are in the very early stages of this process, but it has begun at some level all across the country. Moving into the third indicator, which is the 10-year yield going above 1%. Well, it requires a little bit more explanation, but the short answer is not yet. Moving into the third indicator, and I know we're going through this quick, the third one is the 10-year yield goes above 1%, which requires a little bit more explanation, but the shorter answer is not yet. Before the 10-year yield broke under 1% this year, Logan stated that in a recession, we could expect the 10-year yield to be between negative 0.21% and 0.62%. And for the fourth indicator, while the rate of growth of jobless claims has fallen in the last week, cumulative job losses are tragically high, with more than 38.6 million Americans filing for unemployment in a short time. And for our last indicator, data from the hardest hit sectors has started to trend upwards. Because growth in these sectors is coming from the lowest levels, they provide a sensitive measure for growth. So that wraps up our five indicators. As Logan continues to cover these metrics, we'll be here to share the information with you. And for the rest of today's podcast, here's Alcina Lloyd. Lloyd. 
Thank you for listening, and I'll wrap with today's top stories, beginning with a report from the Mortgage Bankers Association. According to the article, which is written by Kathleen Howley, mortgage applications to purchase homes have now gained for the sixth consecutive week to a level that was 6.7% higher than a year ago, which is back when COVID-19 wasn't interrupting the spring home buying season. Howley says a seasonally adjusted index measuring purchase applications jumped 9% last week, while applications for refinancings fell 0.2% from the prior week. Overall, the report indicates the surge in purchase demand drove the overall index measuring both purchase and refi applications higher by 2.7% on a seasonally adjusted bias from the prior week. According to Joel Kahn, MBA's Associate Vice President of Economic and Industry Forecasting, last week's so-called purchase apps were up 54% from early April when most U.S. states were under lockdown orders to keep people at home in an effort to stem the spread of COVID-19. Kahn says the housing market is continuing its path to recovery as various states reopen, leading to more buyers resuming their home search. Our next story comes from Julia Falcon and covers an announcement from Zillow that the company has now resumed and expanded its iBuying service Zillow offers. In late March, the iBuyer paused its services due to COVID-19, but resumed home buying in Phoenix, Tucson, Arizona, Raleigh, North Carolina, and Charlotte, North Carolina on May 18th. Now, Zillow says homeowners in Portland, Oregon, Nashville, Denver, Fort Collins, and Colorado Springs, Colorado will also have the option to sell their homes directly to Zillow. Zillow president Jeremy Waxman said the company now knows that people still want to move and Zillow offers as a way for them to do so safely and easily. Notably, Waxman also announced the launch of a new health safety initiative to protect its customers, employees, and partners. According to him, the new initiative also includes virtual tour options through the company's 3D home feature. Our last story also comes from Kathleen Halley and spotlights Massachusetts' housing market. According to the article, in April, a shortage of homes on the market caused sales to tumble 14% nationwide, but house prices in Massachusetts gained 11% year-over-year, outpacing the nation. A report from the Massachusetts Association of Realtors indicates the median price for a single-family home in Massachusetts was $440,000 in April, whereas the U.S. median price for a single-family home nationwide was under $300,000. MAR President Kurt Thompson says while Massachusetts saw a significant decrease in inventory last month, demand for housing remains high. Thanks for listening to today's top stories and the Housing Wire team will be back again tomorrow to cover the top stories that you need to know in the daily download.